Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And these are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season three, episode 14, Repetition. Series created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams. Written by Jennifer Lynch. Directed by William Fruitt. Original air date, February 5th, 1990. So we're back with season three, episode 14, Repetition. Kim is off this week. I have to say that I really liked this episode. Not because there was practically none of the regular cast in it. I mean, I like the regular cast. That's not why I like this so much. But mainly just because it was so different. So maybe it was a budget thing, but I really liked that this episode was done mostly with a guest cast. Jack and Johnny were away, and Mickey was really only in two small scenes and never left the store. I liked seeing a cursed antique played out without the regular cast knowing what was going on. It was like seeing the story of what happens when they just receive an antique from their mailer or whatever way they receive it, and they lock it away thinking it was returned before anything bad happened. This episode is showing us that bad things could have happened that they have no knowledge about before they got the antique back. So these days, this sort of episode, without much of the regular cast, would look to us as a backdoor pilot for a spinoff. I don't know if that was the intention, but I liked it. I also liked the fact that William did what he had to do in the end to stop the cycle, which was very different from your normal episode. So now that I've given the entire plot away already, let's get started. This probably will be short, but that doesn't mean it wasn't good. So we start with Walter Cromwell being presented with a journalistic award at his place of employment. His mother, who is in a wheelchair, is in attendance. At some point later, Walter falls asleep at the wheel and hits a child, Heather, who is out walking her dog. He panics and hides the body. When the dog comes home without Heather, her mother calls the police. So as time goes by, Walter's life begins to fall apart. He can't cope with what he's done, and his job suffers. So one month after winning his award, he's fired from his job. We move to the store where Mickey's donating items to Anne Holloway's homeless shelter. Ruth, Heather's mother, comes in to replace the old missing flyer with the new one. She gives some to Anne to post around the shelter. Since Anne does community counseling, Mickey suggests that Anne might be able to help Ruth cope, but Ruth refuses. After Ruth leaves, Anne tells Mickey that she'll drop in on Ruth anyway, just to see if she can help. And this is the last time we see Mickey until the last two minutes, if that, of the episode. Walter goes to confession for the first time in this episode. He confessed to the priest, but he says he can't go to the police because he needs to be around to take care of his mother. He wants to tell the priest where he hid the body and have the priest tell the police so Heather's mother can get some closure. The priest refuses. So I get that the priest can't absolve him of his crime unless he does the right thing and turns himself in. But why can't the priest lead the authorities to the body without absolving Walter? For the family's sake, Walter would still have to turn himself in in order for the priest to absolve him, which seems important to him, but at least the family could have some closure. So I'm not up on my priest's confession absolving, so I'm not sure how that would work, but I'm pretty sure that the priest could say where the body is without giving away the source of the information as confession is confidential, correct? And since Walter is a nice guy at heart, and really, I don't think it's just him hiding the body that's bothering him. It's him killing the girl that's bothering him. I'm sure it makes him feel worse that the mother or the family of the girl doesn't have any closure, but I don't think he's going to feel any better once the body's discovered. 
So I think it would still be important to him for the priest to absolve him of his sin eventually somewhere down the road. But he does have to turn himself in whether the body's discovered or not. So I just think the priest should just find the body for the parent, for the girl's mother's sake and keep working on Walter to turn himself in at some point. But that's just me. After Walter gets fired, he arrives home and drops all the stuff he's carrying. When he goes to pick up all his papers, he finds a cameo necklace stuck under his car. It must have been Heather's. And it's just occurred to me that I never read the Antique of the Week from Friday the 13th Wiki. So the Antique is a cameo pendant that resurrects the previous wearer if someone else wearing it is killed. The pendant, which has the silhouette of a young girl on it, begins to haunt him. He tries to ignore it and destroy it, but he keeps talking to him and tells him that she doesn't have to be dead. She tells him he needs to give the necklace to another soul at the same place and at the same time where Heather was killed. And the replacement will die and allow Heather to live. So Walter brings his mother out to the mill and has her wear the locket. Now, I do think that part of Walter's decision to use his mother was because she was so sick and she had just told him how tired she was. And I think in his mind, he'd be helping his mother find peace and spare the life of a young child. So he suffocates his mother, and as he's killing her, we see Heather climbing out of the well. Or a hole. I don't know what it is. Meanwhile, Anne is on her way to see Ruth and notices Walter in his car on the side of the road. So as Anne and Ruth talk in the driveway, Heather comes running home. By Anne's expression, you can see that she's happy, but also has questions. Heather's been gone for a while. Ruth is just happy to have her daughter back and doesn't really care about the details or what she can't remember. Walter gets his mother home, calls the doctor and says that his mother died in her sleep and could the doctor send somebody to collect her body. The locket begins haunting him, but this time with his mother's voice. So I forgot to mention that Heather does tell her mother about a man killing an old lady while Anne is still there. So Walter goes back and throws the necklace in the hole at the mill. He goes back to confession and tells the priest that he killed someone else to save the girl. Someone who was going to die anyway. So he thinks that it's a perfect trade and he should be fine. So Walter also thinks it's over. But the priest still insists that he go to the police. And then he begins to hear his mother again and leaves the church. His mother tells him to find someone the world won't miss. So he goes to a homeless shelter, which of course happens to be the one that Anne runs. Anne tells Walter that he looks familiar, but I don't think she realizes that she saw him on the side of the road at the mill. Walter convinces Bill, one of the homeless men, to go with him because he says he has a place to stay the night. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So he takes Bill to the spot and kills him and gets the locket out of the hole. Well, he gets the locket out of the hole first. But unfortunately, his mother's already at the mortuary and comes back to life while being embalmed, which of course kills her again. And oh my God, that was a twist. I guess maybe I should have seen that coming, but I did not. That was 
horrific. So obviously this is devastating to Walter. Of course it is. I mean, he not only killed his mother, but then he brought her back to life and then she dies in this horrible way and it's his fault. It also occurs to me that I may have been calling Walter William at different points of this episode and I apologize if I did, but I can't go back and edit all that. So if I say William, no, I'm talking about Walter. So I really don't know why he goes back to the shelter, but he does. And Bill is haunting him through the necklace. The others want to know where Bill is. They think Walter did something to him. Anne also thinks something is wrong, and Walter tells her that Bill will be back tomorrow. She tells him that he needs to admit that he made a mistake because she knows there's something eating at him. She doesn't know what the mistake is, but she knows there's something that's eating away at him. And she says he has to start to rebuild from the mistake, which gives Walter the idea that he has to go back to the beginning and make everything right. Heather died, and she should be dead. Bringing her back to life is what's ruined his life. It's not, but that's how he's thinking. Hitting her and hiding her body and never reporting it is what's ruined his life. But he's still just trying to make things right without taking any responsibility for anything. So as Walter runs out of the shelter, he sees a flyer for the once dead Heather and crumbles it up and sees him do this. Walter goes to confession again and tells the priest that he's going to turn himself in in the morning. He's waiting till morning because he says he has to make things right first. Ruth wakes up in the morning to find Heather gone. She calls Anne and Anne says she'll be right there. Walter has Heather and he brings her to the mill and gives her the locket. And Anne sees the car on the side of the road again and pulls in this time. Walter and Heather hide while Anne tries to find and talk to him. When Anne asks what happened to Bill, Heather remembers climbing out of the hole that Walter's looking at and she remembers Walter's mother. So she puts two and two together and she runs away and calls for help. He tries to explain to Anne that if he kills Heather, it will go back to the way it was supposed to be and he'll turn himself in. But the necklace tells him that he should just use Anne. Anne is on the ground and it looks as if Walter's going to kill her, but he doesn't. He kills himself instead. And then we see Bill come out from behind the rocks alive, not knowing what happened. And Anne, for some reason, takes the necklace. At the end, when she brought the necklace to Mickey, I kind of thought that maybe she had some kind of inkling of what they really did there. But then when she was leaving and overheard Mickey on the phone with Jack telling him that they got another antique back before it hurt anyone, she seemed surprised. I'm on the fence if maybe she at the very least knew the thing was dangerous. But it's odd to me that she doesn't mention anything that happened to Mickey, even when Mickey brings up Heather coming home. But this might be just me thinking of all of this as a sort of a backdoor pilot for a spinoff, like I said earlier. So I don't know. So this one ended with us knowing that the girl's grandfather was the one who gave her the locket. So whether he knew it was cursed, I have to imagine no, but who knows. But the way this antique works, it's not cursed unless you kill somebody and then it haunts you. It haunts you and you have to kill somebody else to bring the original person back to life. So chances are this girl wasn't going around killing people and probably wouldn't be doing that. So it was pretty much inactive. It didn't work. So she obviously wasn't the original owner. They obviously didn't buy it from Uncle Lewis. But we don't know if the grandfather bought it from Uncle Lewis or if he just bought it from a tag sale or, you know, a junk store or something. But I really, really, really did like this one. Walter is just a nice guy. He takes care of his mother. And he's just this guy that just happened to accidentally kill somebody. Kim and I have had this discussion before. Like halfway through the series, we learned that artifacts attract themselves to people and you have to want something for them to work. 
And even though this guy was a nice guy, and, you know, if this didn't happen to him, he would probably never think to kill anybody or want to kill anybody. But he wanted to stay out of trouble for killing the girl. You know, he kept going to confession to confess his sins, but he wouldn't make it right. He wouldn't make it right by going to the police. Although at the end, he was going to turn himself in, but he wanted to make it right first because these people didn't deserve to die. Not that the little girl deserved to die, but it was an accident and she did die. The people who died after her didn't deserve it in his mind. So he was going to make it right and go to the police as soon as he killed the girl again because technically that really was the way it was supposed to be. As I said, Kim and I have talked about this before because in the one with the shaman, you know, that doctor basically was trying to help people. But the way the artifact works, you have to kill somebody. And yes, he was killing awful people, but he was still killing people. And what he wanted to do was help people and what he wanted to do was have his own clinic or keep his clinic. And then we go back to my favorite, and I'm being sarcastic, the mulcher where at the time we didn't know how the antiques worked still. We just knew that they worked. And so we wondered why the old man who actually owned the mulcher wasn't affected. And it was because he was happy in his life and he didn't want anything. And he was not the original purchaser either. So he didn't know of the curse. The curse wasn't explained to him. And he was happy with his life. So it never affected him. He could have gone on using that mulcher for years and years and years. And it would have never affected him. So I really, really, really liked this. I liked that finally in the end, he was trying to make it right, thinking that the girl, he killed her, she was supposed to be dead, and her being alive was making all this other stuff happen. And to make it right, he was going to kill her again. But then he decided just to kill himself to make it end. And to let everyone else, including the little girl, live. And we've never seen that before. He was a good guy in the end. I mean, he caused a lot of grief for people, but still, at the end, he decided he had to kill himself to make all this stop. So I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys did too. This is Doug, reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to the 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at The Warehouse.